I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. Thanks for choosing to tune in to us today. Thank you, Steve, for choosing to be here. Yes, yes, thank you. Really thank you for tuning in. Do appreciate it. Good choice. You, you made, made a good choice. Today's podcast is going to be about choices, choosing. We'll do one on more choices. We learned a lot in the last couple podcasts. Maybe you could refresh our memory. Oh, okay. If you so choose. Yes, we did a two-part podcast, a two, yeah, two podcasts, part one and part two, on the idea of free will. And we showed the verses that talked about free will, whether they were pro-free will or anti-free will. We looked at them and they taught us. We obey them. We don't tell those scriptures to obey us and behave, but those scriptures ruled. We, we saw them for what they said. And we saw that we indeed do have a will, and yes. we do make choices. Yes. What we did find out also was just because you make a choice to do something or you will to do something, Turns out it does not mean you have the freedom to carry it out in and of yourself, your human nature. So we learned that the real importance of it is not so much that you have a free will or don't have a free will. It's in and of yourself, you don't have the ability to carry out what you will to do. And it brings us back to something that we've always fall back on. That the Guardians of Grace is, is all about learning to rely on the Spirit, not on yourself. As Paul said, we put no confidence in the flesh. He gives us a lot of reasons why he could have put confidence in his flesh. Yes, he does. But he said, we don't put confidence in the, fe- the flesh, but we glory in Christ Jesus. That is, that's our weight. Our, our glory, our credit. That's that's who we give the credit to. That's who shines. We glory in Christ. We were always saying, not I, but Christ. That was Christ in me that did that. Yes, he deserves the credit. He deserves the credit. And we depend on him to be the best Christians we can be. I was making light of the choices. But let's look at maybe some passages that seem to 
not have anything about depending on the spirit. Just seeming to do it. Seeming to do. Okay. Seeming to tell you to do it? Commands, yeah, so to speak. Okay. I would flip through chapters, the first couple chapters of Paul's epistles. And can't understand that. Can't understand this. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Okay. Then I flip to some of the later chapters and it starts telling me to do things. And that's where I can. I don't understand this part about being in Christ and the finished work and what he did. I know it's important, I guess, but give me something I can do. Just give me the commands. Tell me what to do so I can be a good Christian. Turned out I was a miserable Christian and I was so embarrassed and ashamed of the life I lived not being able to do any of these these things. I, I signed up to be a, a missionary supporter for this nice girl. Yes, I got your back. I'll send you the money. I'll support you. And about two months in, I got a couple letters from them and something happened and I just, I failed them big time. I just couldn't do it. I was, I felt horrible. That's horrible, Bill. <laughs> it was horrible. No. I let them down. They were, mm-hmm. I made a commitment. I signed a commitment paper to do it. And I you failed You intended to. I had every good intention of doing it, but I couldn't carry it out. I just didn't have the ability to carry it out. And wasn't those the things that we learned from the Apostle Paul in Romans 7? The good I want to do, I don't do. Not a single time, but the evil I wish to avoid, that I habitually practice. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he gives the the amazing statement, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, by means of Jesus Christ. Therefore, there's no condemnation. Bill, don't don't condemn yourself that you didn't follow through with the missionary. There's no condemnation in Christ for the law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free from the law of the sin and the death, the law of relying on myself to do for me that I can't something I can't do but the law of the spirit is the, the law the principle that allows you to do for you what you can't do for yourself by relying on the spirit so by looking at the later parts of, of Paul's letter and I've heard it called the practical part of uh, Paul's epistles where the rubber meets the road yeah get past that theology part and get to the practical part where the rubber meets the road right yeah. i thought it'd be kind of fun to you can read the epistles that way can't you you can and apparently an awful lot of people do i know i did mm-hmm. but let's just for the sake of argument yes let's try and read some of these letters and see how far we can get on being able to interpret it as you just Grit your teeth and clench your fists and you just do it. See if it's actually true that throughout Paul's foundational first part of his letter, he actually continues to reinforce that principle of depending on 
him or depending on Christ or depending on the spirit or the depending on the capital H I M. What do you think? Think we'll be able to get far without finding a Yeah, we try this experiment. And we hope you guys try it too. Grab any epistle and see if you can do this. Guard dog Steve's got a knack for finding <laughs> reliance on the spirit versus I don't think I've ever been able to get by one on on you have I without you finding how to do it right within the verse before the verse after or at least two or three verses should we try it yeah yeah do you want me to do the reading yeah let's start in I'm in Philippians right now I got to do a Sunday school lessons on Philippians okay that helped actually Philip can you go to Philippians 2 yep I'm there what you want me to do I want you to read I'm going to apply whatever command I I hear you read, and I'm going to ask you to explain how do I do that. Okay, okay. So you want me to start off in chapter 2, verse 1? Yeah, let's start off in chapter 2, verse 1. Okay. If, therefore, there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose. That was one sentence. That was the first sentence in Philippians. It went from... Verse 1, verse 2, and almost to 3. Sounds like he's setting us up for command. I mean, it, it seemed like we were told to be encouraging, give people consolation, love. Okay, I'm a, looking for something practical. Affection, affection, compassion, be of the same mind, intent on one purpose. Do you want me to keep reading? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm wanting you to find me something to do. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Okay, I got a rule now. So that's what I'm going to do, all right? So what do I do? I consider others better than myself. Can you read it again? Yeah. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Do nothing from selfish, empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Okay, so going back to what happened in my life, I made a commitment to support a missionary times got tough financially for me i couldn't supply their need anymore because i had to supply myself do you see how that would make me feel guilty yes i what did i do i considered my need i did not consider their need as greater than my own did i no i my self-preservative instinct Came, but I made the right choice. 
you, I, it, I did a good thing by committing to a written them. commitment. A written commitment. Yeah, I, I did. I signed it, but I failed it. Why did I fail it? Because I what what did I miss? I was willing to do it. The commitment was there. The willingness was there. But I didn't have the ability to get past my own needs. I panicked. I said, if I send them money, I'm going to come up short on things I, end, I need. At the end of the month. Why couldn't I do it? You got scared. This self-preservative instinct would not allow me to consider other people's needs greater than myself. And they were helping very needy people in a poor country. Yeah. They were considering those people more important than themselves. They were. Yes. They were over there feeding them and ministering to them and counting on me to supply some of those needs. And I, I let them down. So my question is, why couldn't I consider their needs greater than my own? Mm. Mm. I, I see what you're saying, Bill. Yeah, it, it's kind of a no-brainer. What I mean by a no-brainer is we don't even have to use our brains to figure that the answer to that question out. We don't need to use our brains. We can just go straight to the scriptures and they'll tell us why you didn't do it and why those that to-do list in Philippians 2, you have to know how to do what you're being asked to do. And maybe we can, through this podcast, make that point clear. How to get the verbs accomplished. Someday we're going to have to do a podcast on why we want to do certain things, why we want to do the verbs. Because I don't think all of our Guardians of Grace podcasts, we've actually nailed that down yet. We really need to do a, a podcast on why we're motivated as Christians to do the right thing. But I remember back in the days that you're talking about. And you were a Christian that was motivated to do the right thing. You volunteered to help and you were happy as pig in a pig pen to help and you were tore up about failing. I remember those days and, and there was plenty of people around you to condemn you and make you feel bad. I remember it all. I remember it all. Oh, the, the weight of knowing people were counting on you. I was the guy that broke the link on the 24-hour prayer chain. Yeah. I Telling us, like, you can't break this chain. Right. It's got to continue 24-7, 24-7. Yeah. And I broke it. I remember that. We, we, we tried to do a lot of things back then. We were working for Jesus just as hard as we could, to tell you the truth. Yeah. And we I, had I all the zeal to, in the world, just, it was ignorant zeal. Just trying to please God. Please God. That's, that's right. That's what I thought I was supposed to do to please God. Yeah. When all the time we are actually pleasing to God, that's a non-issue. We may not be pleasing the people, the missionaries, 
because they would say you pulled the rug out. Pleasing God is a different story. He made a covenant with us and he said, your sins and lawless deeds I'll remember no more. And you can see how he described Abraham in Romans chapter 3 about saying Abraham was the best, most righteous dude in the world. And you know Abraham gave his wife to another man, had sex with the concubine, fell on his face and laughed at God. He was horrible. You talk about letting people down. He did, but in this new covenant, God sees him as a great dude, just like God sees you and me as great dudes. So that's not the reason we do the do's and don'ts. We do these things, and it even said it here in the text, but all we're going to have to do is look at the text in Philippians, and it'll answer the question that you've asked. To put it in a nutshell, when you took on that assignment of supporting those missionaries, there, there was something you didn't do and didn't know to do and didn't realize. You, you didn't realize that this book of Philippians says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, you were saying to those missionaries, yes, I will carry on business for a year and send the money over to you and, and prosper. I'm alluding to James 4.15, where it says, woe to you who say, I will go to this city or that, carry on business for a year and prosper. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, I will live and do this or that. Because it depends on God, not your determination. That's why if you're trying to produce good deeds for God or the people around you, you should fear and tremble because it doesn't work. That's what the Philippian passage was saying, and that's the, the book that we're on. You and your own human capabilities should really fear trying to live the Christian life because you can't. In your human nature, like Paul said, I find no good thing in my human nature. The willing is present in me, but the doing is not. I can't do what I will to do. When you, you're you're saying I I want to do this for the the missionaries, not realizing that actually God has to give you the courage to say I can pay my bills and still support these missionaries. It's God in you, the hope of glory. In other words, you were, you made yourself ashamed. And Paul had the same predicament in the book of Philippians. We're reading right here in Philippians, verse 19. For I know that this problem shall turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and a provision of the Spirit of Jesus a provision of the Spirit of Jesus. 
And it says, I will not be put to shame in anything. I won't let anybody down. Through a provision of the Spirit of Jesus, I will do this. This is straight out of Philippians, the chapter before, chapter 1, yeah. verse 19. Okay. Right, right. And he goes on to say, according to my earnest expectations and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ shall even now as always exalt himself in my body. In other words, Jesus is going to come through you and exalt himself. That's why it says, let your light shine in such a way that people see your good deeds and they glorify God. They they should see Bill's good deeds or paying the missionaries their just due as a manifestation of Jesus in them doing that for them, working in Bill to will and do his good pleasure. That's the dynamic of this new covenant that we're in. It's a dependency on the Spirit of Christ. That's why Jesus said, Abide in me and you'll bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you'll let the missionaries down. Apart from me, things go bad. Apart from me, you should fear and tremble because the Christian life is really hard to do apart from Christ. Impossible. Impossible. That's what Israel proved when they were witnesses against themselves because they chose to serve the living God. And for 2,000 years of Israel's history, you saw that they could not do what they chose. And that's exactly exactly what Joshua told them. He says, you'll be witnesses against yourself that you chose to serve the living God. So we, in our own human strength, are not under that burden. We're not doing things so that God will be pleased with us. He made a new covenant and he is pleasing with us. He is pleased with us. We do things for, number one, the sake of the gospel. In other words, that this good news doesn't dissipate, that it doesn't get tarnished, that people will receive the good news from you. That's one reason you don't want to live like a Yahoo. Another reason is because it proves point blank that you're not manifesting Jesus. Isn't that what it says in 1 John 3? That when he appears, we will be like him because we will be as he is. And people will see him as he is in, in us. In us. People will see him in us as he is in 1 John chapter 3, the first four verses, it is him working in you to live this Christian life. And that's what Paul meant when he says, I won't be put to shame in anything, but through your prayers and a provision, a supply. Some of the versions say, a supply of the Spirit of Jesus. A supply. He wants more of Jesus. Isn't that what he says in chapter 3? That I want to be found in Jesus. I count all things lost in view of the surpassing value of experiencing Jesus. And he says, I want more Jesus. Jesus is what we want. 
His power working through us is what we depend on and want more of. And you just said the the word about righteousness, not being found in him, having a righteousness of my own, but a righteousness that comes through God and literally through the faithfulness of Christ. Yes, let me read that. Let me read that. He says, but whatever things to work, whatever things were gain to me those things I count as loss for the sake of Christ, for getting more of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of experiencing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I may gain more of him. That's what they want. He doesn't want a righteousness derived from the law made by his own human performance, because we all know that's a filthy rag. He wants to be found in Christ, being under the influence of Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ manifesting himself through him, and Paul wants to experience Jesus living out his earthly ministry through Paul. That is what the new covenant is about. I'll put my spirit in you, and from the least of you to the greatest, no one will have to teach his brother, saying, know the Lord, or experience the Lord, for they will all see the Lord. He'll be coming out through each and every person once you understand our new covenant and what, it, what the new covenant is built on. It's built on the fact that we were born again and the spirit of Christ was placed into us and now we can literally see and walk and talk with the spirit of Christ in us. That's, that's why he says in, in chapter two where we were getting all our do's and don'ts, listen to this, he says, therefore if there is any encouragement in Christ, not in human determination. Do you remember Galatians 3.3? After beginning in the spirit, are you now trying to accomplish the goal in human effort? Well, this passage that says do this in Christ is the same thing. It's the opposite of in human capabilities. And then it says, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the spirit, what does he mean by fellowship of the Spirit? He means when the people are together, they're actually fellowshipping spirit to spirit. The Spirit of Christ in one person is talking to the Spirit of Christ in another person. And that person is, is bringing back words that were under the power of Christ in them. Fellowship in the Spirit, that's what 1 John is all about. He says, I write this letter to, so that you can have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is in the Spirit. Our fellowship is with Jesus and his Father, not Steve and his edemic nature. He wants to fellowship, and he says, I write this letter to make your joy complete. Your, and then for the rest of First John, it tells you how to fellowship in the Spirit, how to 
tell whether you're fellowshipping in the Spirit or not. And that's what they're talking about here. This sentence has to register to you. When he says, if there is any fellowship in the Spirit, it means if you are manifesting Jesus when you're fellowshipping, if it's Jesus to Jesus fellowship. Well, that's exactly what I miss, Steve. I, I was told to consider other people's needs better than myself. That's That was my focus. But just one verse before, at the end of chapter 1, doesn't it say, Dig you need it. to know this, for you, it has been granted concerning Christ not only the in him trusting, but also the for him suffering. Read that in a regular English version, Bill. You want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. Because it's a cool point that you're bringing up. He says, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sakes not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Let me give you the word for granted. Yes, it's so cool. It is the word charismai. It's the verb for charis. The noun is charis. The verb is charismai. And it's what we get. It's our Greek word for grace. grace. So we, if you read it that way, it says, For you it has been graced to you, not only to believe in him, but it's also been graced to you that you can consider other people or suffer for him or consider other people above yourself, their needs. Yes, so all these things that are asked of you in chapter 2, you've been graced out to do them. Say verses 1 through 8, it's all predicated on the fact that you have been graced for Christ's sake, for his glory, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake, not only to believe in him, but accomplish for him. It has been grace to you to do that. So, if there's any fellowship in the Spirit, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on the same purpose. In other words, for the sake of this gospel, for the sake of promoting this gospel for the sake of people receiving this gospel we should be united in love intent on the one purpose of promoting the gospel and then it says we should do nothing from selfish empty conceit but with humility of the mind let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Once you get to that part, you have to realize you have been graced from God to be able to do that. So if you're saying, actually accomplishing the idea of humility and counting somebody higher than you, then you would say, it's not me doing it. It's the grace of God in me, like Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace did not prove to be in vain because I worked harder than all the rest, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me. See how he glorifies God for accomplishing the dues that are required in these epistles? 
You know, the apostles picked up on that when Jesus said the same thing. When the rich young ruler came to him and said, what good things must I do to get eternal life? And he, he told him to consider others better than yourself. Take all your money and give it to the poor. Basically, yeah. Is what he did. Better than yourself. Right. And the disciples said, oh my gosh, Lord, who then can be delivered? Who can do this? And Jesus said something very telling. He mm -hmm. said, with men, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. With God, these verbs are possible. With In your God. own human effort? No. It can't be done. Mm -mm. Fear and trouble, because you, you won't do them. You're going to fail. With I God, didn't do it. Yeah. I with, failed. With God? It's possible. All things are possible. Isn't that exactly what Paul says right here in this book of Philippians? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's literally I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. But right out of the book of Philippians, he says, I do this by the power of God who strengthens me. That's why he said, this is my way of life in Christ Jesus that I teach everywhere in every church. And I like that, that the way Paul put it. I can do all things or I can endure all things through Christ who gives me the strength. He said it as I learned the secret to contentment, meaning he didn't know this right away. Just like, you know, I don't have to beat myself up. I didn't know that. But there is a secret to contentment. And the secret to contentment is found in this passage. Yes, and I'll read it. I'll read it to you. Paul says, I have learned the secret to being content, to being filled or going hungry, having an abundance or suffering need. I have learned the secret to getting through this. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Jesus is the secret for being content. It's him manifesting through you and you experience him and you are content because it's literally heaven on earth. He says the secret to being content is just to feel heaven on earth because when you feel Jesus working in you, you are feeling heaven on earth. And I think that's the Greek word musterion, right? It's, it's a mystery that he didn't oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Well, isn't that the same thing as Philippians one twenty nine? before he says, consider others better than see, yourself? See how, how it all flows? It is, Bill. You're right. It is. For to you it has been Grace. graced concerning Christ, not only the in him trusting, the meaning from a, a Greek paraphrase, mm -hmm. but also for the in him suffering. <laughs> yes. That was a mystery even to Paul for a while in his ministry. And mm -hmm. it was definitely a, uh, a mystery to me that I could consider other people's needs better than myself. I just thought I gritted my teeth and did it. And you found, that, that, that was 30 some odd years ago, Bill. And, and yet you're right, because you learned 
to depend on Christ. It was probably seven, eight years after that we, we learned to depend on Christ. And our lives changed. You would have you would have been a okay giving them the money then because you were yeah I, on I a had high to learn road. I learned the secret yes yes it took me a, a few years but I learned this secret and that's what we're so excited to tell you guys about we're not excited to say you don't have a free will and you can't just do things that you that you want and be a downer to you we're, we're saying that. Rejoice, you've been graced out to endure stuff that you had no idea you could do it, like the rich young ruler. Well, that sounds impossible. Remember, Jesus said, the disciples said, who then can be delivered from this, this selfish dilemma? Um, yeah, give money to the poor. Okay, I will. I can't. I'm running tight now. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he was, the rich young ruler was told to say, Sell everything you had and give it to the poor. And Jesus told them the answer. They said, like, who can be saved? In the, the, what was the answer? Okay. Go ahead. With men, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. That's the exact same thing here in Philippians that Paul is, is saying. I can be saved from shame through your perfect your prayers and a supply of the spirit of Jesus. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With Christ strengthening me, it's possible. It's possible. With, With my own human determination. Do you remember what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane? He said, the flesh is, the, the, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. weak. Yeah. The flesh can't do it. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. On and on, this Bible keeps telling us the same thing. We're, we're just making it obvious that it does. So, as we've just seen, what have we... The provision to do it was, what, two less than two verses away from the command? Yes. He Isn't that a pattern? Yes. I know you did this. Yeah. Actually, it, you went through really all is. the epistles. Yeah, it really is. And you can see where my Bible is marked. It, it's, it's there. You, you hardly get three verses in a row without saying something about in Christ or he has to do it through you. The how to do it. Have you ever found one that's more than five verses away? No. Let, let me just read you a couple out of this book that we're in the middle of studying. Get a load of this. Paul says, I'm confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Get a load of the, that was verse 6. Philippians 1.6, Philippians 1.9, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge, in depth of insight, that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless for the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which only comes through Jesus Christ. See, he said Jesus has to do that through you. Gave a command and told you that rely on the Spirit to do it. 
the Spirit of Christ to do it. Yes, and he says, I'm confident that the Spirit of Christ who's in you will carry it out. You'll get an A for the day in God's eyes. You won't be letting people down if you put your confidence, what? Not in the flesh, Galatians, but in the Spirit, in Jesus. He was confident. Did they say the same thing in Philippians 3? We glory in Christ, Christ and put no, no confidence, confidence in the flesh. Yes. Effort. Yes. It, it just keeps going. It says, brethren, trusting in the Lord. I'm not trusting God in my human ability to trust in God because that's what happened to Israel. They were supposed to trust in God and they couldn't cross the Jordan River and go into the promised land because... They couldn't trust God. They didn't trust God. So he said, this whole generation will die because you didn't trust me. He's saying, trust in God. So in his power, you are able to trust God. So Israel couldn't trust God, and they had all kinds of evidence that God would come through. Big evidence, big miracles. But they weren't graced out to do it, like it says that God who's graced you not only to believe, exactly. but to, but to, to Just, step out and trust me. It, it doesn't matter what you've seen God do. That is not what gives you the ability to live the Christian life. Peter saw Jesus have him walk on the water and still denied him three times. Your human nature is the source of failure. The Spirit of God in you is what you depend on to live the Christian life. It's the Spirit that graces you to do it. That, yes, that's exactly what I was coming to. That's really the, the next verse. It, it says, For you, having been graced for Christ's sakes, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Then it Chapter 2, verse 1, if there's any encouragement in what? In Christ. Christ. If there's any fellowship in the Spirit, Spirit, not in human effort, not in human charm, not in human charm. We are not charming enough to please everybody around me. It has to be the charm of Jesus that charms the people. Amen. So we're not saying that there's not stuff to do, commands to do. We're saying that the way these get accomplished is by depending on the Spirit to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Yes. Like Paul said in Galatians, we put no confidence in the flesh. That means we put no confidence in human determination. Our confidence is from Christ in us, the hope of glory, the hope of pleasing your wife or your husband, the hope of pleasing the people around you that you come into contact with day by day. Supporting missionaries. Supporting the hope of supporting missionaries. Christ in me is the hope of actually doing that. You fill in the blank. Whatever you need him the hope to be, that's what he is. And he's your only hope. You depend on him. That's Paul's secret. I can endure. I can do 
all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yes. Amen. And that was right after saying, I've learned the secret of contentment. I can be content through Christ who strengthens me. That is the secret to contentment, you guys. If you ever wanted to know the secret to contentment, it's by experiencing Jesus. So try this out on your own. Read, look, look through the epistles, find a command, and see if within three verses there's not a reference on how to accomplish that command. Yes, something that states in Christ, in Jesus, in God, in the Lord, in the Spirit. By Him. By Him, through, through Him. him. You'll, you'll see that the epistles are saturated with those type of phrases. That secret, literally mystery. Yes, yes. Do you want to close us in prayer, Bill? Yes. Thank you, Father God. Thank you that you loved us. Thank you that you have graced us out for good works, prepared in advance for us to walk in. Thank you that by your Spirit we can endure all things and accomplish all things. And anything that you wants to get done through us will be accomplished by means of your Spirit. Bless everyone. Let that be good news to everyone. Let the burden fall off of their own shoulders and put squarely on Jesus and the Spirit who has no problem carrying out any and all tasks, tasks, such things. Yes. In Jesus' name we ask. Thank you, Father God. Love you guys. Good night. Good night, you guys. We love you.